Hey love, thanks for tuning in today. Are you or someone you care about stuck in the struggles of divorce, feeling heartbroken, lonely, or simply lost in life? Well, have no fear, the Joy Ride experience is here. A 16-week women's growth group to heal heartbreak and reclaim joy after divorce. Join this tight-knit community because you deserve to be seen, heard, and healed with other women who just get it. Joyride is complete with an all-inclusive transformational toolbox, including both one-to-one and group coaching sessions, weekly growth modules, workbooks, and custom integration practices to implement in your daily life. I'm on a mission to empower women to become relentless about choosing and using joy to design the life they truly desire. I saved a seat on the best life bus and it's time to snag a spot. Simply visit joyfullydivorce.com today to book a free joy ride session and make sure it's a fit for you. We're enrolling now for the August through December 2022 session. All right, it's time to start this joy jam. Join me now. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B. And on this show, we'll talk truth on tough topics to help you normalize and navigate the junk and invite you to choose epic joy on the daily. Because let's be honest, life gets to be a whole lot of both. We'll jam on beliefs, breakups, body image, and so much more to create breakthroughs and become the truest you. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Let's start. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome to Heartbreak Happy Hour. It is our second one of the series. We're doing our summer series, Heartbreak Happy Hour, answering all the questions around how to shift your heartbreak into healing. So this could be anything around maybe you've gone through a breakup or a divorce or a loss in partnership of some kind, maybe even career or friendships, anything like that. Um, We are going to tackle those questions and it looks like my co-host is just jumping on. We'll have a new co-host every day and let's get her in here. As you guys are popping on, say hello. Hey, hi, hi, love. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Awesome. You're looking stunning today. Thank you very much. As always, as always, Krishma is calling in, calling in. It's like the old radio shows. (laughs) (laughs) Dialing in from, where are you dialing in from today? Where are you calling in from? San? I'm in Sacramento. Sacramento. Awesome. This is a near and dear friend of mine. She is also has many things in the wellness world and we're going to jam on a bunch of topics today. Actually, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself the way that you want to be introduced? Um, Well, hi, everybody. I'm Karishma and I am a breathwork facilitator and I read people's Akashic records and work with their spirit guides to create transformation and change through breath work. Amazing. I'm so happy to have you here today. Um, <laughs> and I should, say, the... and I should say I'm a writer. I always and you're a writer. Say, a writer. Since we're on yes. the heartbreak series, I feel like I should put that in because my book is all about heartbreak. Yes, your book series that you're working on is all around the heartbreak stuff, which I'm sure we'll navigate our way into some of those works and things like that tonight. So I'm really excited because we have some incredible questions. If you guys are new to this page and this live, one of our friends said it would be weird to say liven it, liven it. (laughs) Calling it work. (laughs) I love that so much. (laughs) True. Maybe, but maybe we can make that a thing, like liven it. Here, just, just liven it today. I kind of like it. <laughs> Anyways, um, and most of you, maybe most of you tuning in know that I am a divorce coach and help women reclaim their joy after that phase in during that phase of their life. So really, um, I created this series because I spent a lot of time 
really numbing out and feeling alone during that time in my life. And so I wanted to make sure that people who are navigating heartache and heartbreak really have a space to come in to start shifting some of that hurt into healing. That's the most valuable thing that we can do is really like help ourselves shift from the hurt into the healing or feel the hurt so we can transfer that into healing um, and ultimately happiness and joy and things that people really enjoy feeling, right? So Karishma, um, let's just dive in if you're ready. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> I love Karishma so much. He's a very intuitive coach and facilitator and reader and um she just really knows how to lean in and just like whatever comes up she is so good at sharing so the first question and if you guys are joining and you have questions drop them in the comments we'll do our best to pay attention to what's going on there um and then we'll also read from the questions that have dropped in over the past week since last week's episode if we don't get to your question make sure you drop it in and we'll add it to the list for next week so the first question is, how do you not feel overwhelmed when everything feels so uncertain? Mm, that's a great question. Yes. Wow. Yes. And very deep. Very deep. Yeah. And we, sh we said this last week, but I'll say it again for new viewers, is that we're not necessarily coaching here because in a coaching session, we would be able to ask questions back and take that deeper. So, you know, if you come back and you watch or you're watching for your question, um, just know that if you're looking for deep dive coaching, that we can do that privately, but we'll do our best to answer based on the questions we have and our personal experiences yeah. and professional experiences, but take it for what it is. If things that we say aren't applicable to you, don't take them. And if they are, or maybe they can help you get curious around it and use it, you know? So that's all I can say around that. But how do you not feel overwhelmed when everything feels so uncertain? Well, I think the only consistent thing in life is uncertainty. And a lot of us want to control the outcome of every decision we make. And even if we make the decision knowing what the outcome is going to be, we don't, we're never 100% certain that that's the outcome that's going to happen. Mm. Even that, even if you're like 95% sure, there's that 5% that is still uncertain in your body, right? And so you're really starting to make, when you see that, you're starting to make decisions intuitively in what feels good. And what feels good is never certain. And that's what, that's when the overwhelm really, in my opinion, kicks in. And the way to deal with overwhelm, in my opinion, is to take things very small and very slow, right? Because uncertainty and overwhelm and these feelings that were described in this question are all feelings that happen in the body. And our body is way slower than our mind wants it to be. And there's a disconnect between our body and our mind because they don't understand how each other work. And so the best way to help your body and help get attuned to the uncertainty and the overwhelm is by doing one tiny thing that gets you towards where you're trying to go. Yes. And just executing on that and see how you feel. Like maybe after that micro action you take, it doesn't feel good anymore. And you're like, mm, I don't really want to do this or I don't really like this. Right. And then all of a sudden you're back to where you started. And so then it's like, well, what's the next little thing that you can do or that you wanted to try? You know, mm -hmm. being like very patient and calm with your self in your body and not putting that pressure in. Yeah. I think a lot of things that you said, well, all the things you said, I'm a hundred percent on. One of the things is that the body is so unregulated during those moments and it's just yeah. in this super high skyrocketing threshold, which many people going through big changes and uncomfortable changes like heartache and heartbreak and things of that nature our systems are just so scattered 
on a regular basis because everything feels like this person asked so uncertain and more than just uncertain also unfamiliar mm -hmm. right who am i in this space as i'm healing as i'm changing it's the regular yeah. the nervous system is like top three for me like first maybe maybe number one right Oftentimes with my clients, what I do is we just start to speak more slowly, yes. softly, yes. a little gently, and you can do this on your own with yourself. And then once we get to that space, it's like, how can I, sometimes I just, I remember I used to, and I still do, but especially going through divorce, putting my hands on my heart and just really breathing in deep, like as slow as I could inhale, exhale, bringing the heart rate down. And there's so many benefits to doing things like breath work that you're a pro at and that I dabble in um, and really regulating the system. And then I love to do a, like um, add in a question that's called like today's win. And you guys can write this down. It's W-I-N. What's important now? Like really taking the, putting the horse blinders on and not paying attention to all the other things that feel so overwhelming. It's like, how can I zoom into what's happening in my body? What's happening with my breath? And really choose maybe one or two things. Like what's important now? That's, yeah. and that acronym really helps me because like win how can I win today what's important now today and then once I do that I start to create self-certainty practices because I think a lot of times in those moments of uncertainty it's yeah. like well if I feel really uncertain and that is creating all this overwhelm my number one priority my number one win what's important now gets to be gets to be that like self-certainty how do I create yeah. so I don't know what you do with your day but I start off every day without fail no matter where I am in the world with five self-certainty practices yeah. like boom 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 I do these five things I'll talk about those on another session but by these five things without fail happen every single day every day to lock in a space of certainty doesn't like always overwhelm it but it locks in a space and a pace of certainty for myself that otherwise I just kind of like spiral out and that used to happen a lot especially when I was newly divorced right or anytime you go through heartache or heartbreak or a loss mm -hmm. everything just feels feels like it is chaotic even when it's not and so creating those self-certainty practices uh, really helped me. What about you? It's really funny because me and you are opposites that way and routine. Yeah. <laughs> I was like holding back a laugh because I'm like, that's Heidi. Like every day she does right. these five things. When we talk every day, you're doing one of the five. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I know Heidi's routine, but um but I just like to do kind of what feels good. And I think it's really all about the tools. Yeah. If you know what some of the self-regulation tools are, they can change on an everyday basis. It doesn't mean you don't do something every day or even um, like most recently releasing this notion of time is mm. like the craziest thing because the reason we put like routines in a time, like I have to do this thing between nine to noon every single day and you're not a routine person, but now you're putting pressure on this like time period to like, I have to do it. It doesn't feel fun because you have this pressure and then you're overwhelmed by your own routine that you've put into place, you know? And so for me, it's like, releasing time has changed everything in the way that like it gives me the freedom to do the things that I need to do when I want to do them because there's so much it feels like there's so much more space spaciousness for me mm -hmm. so 
it helped me a little bit more to even that, like just telling myself, oh, there's like so much freedom. We ha- there's so much space in my day. You don't mm. have to rush it. You can go at your own pace. Gives, takes the pressure off. You yeah. Know? Because I'm not working towards a goal. I'm not working towards an outcome. I'm working towards just me being my best self. And that's all I can ask of myself every single day. Yeah. And so for me, like I've tried thousands, tried to do thousands of routines and I always end up breaking them. And then when I break them, I'm really upset at myself. And why do I need that pressure? Yeah. I mean, why do I need that pressure? And so I really think it's like, this is the benefit of, you know, working with somebody who has a pocket full of tools, because once you know the tools to help you regulate once you know your own trauma responses to things, because that's what overwhelm is, it's a trauma response. The fact that you don't want to do something is a trauma response. Um, Once you know like what your self-regulation thing is, you can create something that's unique to you and that feels good to you, that allows you to come back to yourself because when you're your best self is when you're going to make the best intuitive decisions. Yeah. And then the second thing I was going to say about the breathing with heartbreak, I feel like even though I'd heard that a thousand times going through heartbreak myself, the hardest thing for me was taking a deep breath because Mm. every time I took a deep breath, I felt like I could feel my heart breaking into pieces. Like I could feel the pain of that. And so I'm like, why do I, why do I want to do that? Why do I want to feel the pain? Yeah, you know what I mean. So it was so in those like first few months or those first few years, even it felt really heavy to do that. So even though like all these like I was reading all these anxiety accounts and back then it was like MySpace and things like that and um, therapy, I was just like take a deep breath. It was like it felt impossible, impossible to do that. You know what felt more possible was like going outside, no, or giving myself the permission to cry, to be like, it is okay. Or once like emotional eating came into the picture, like just knowing that I'm emotionally eating to not feel the pain was a huge step because that's like the awareness piece, right? It's like, oh, I'm eating a lot of sweets because I don't want to feel this. A lot of times we don't even know that we're doing that or we connect the two. So I think it comes down to like self-awareness. Can you get yourself, can you get yourself to know yourself better in these moments of pain? And I feel like that's what pain can really teach us, you know? Beautiful. Yeah. How can I know myself better in these moments? Yes. Yeah, exactly. um, A thing on social media today that I thought was, I love it when people say things differently. And she said, our goal is not to become our best self. Mm -hmm. And of course that catches your attention right away, right? Yeah. She said, our goal is to love the version of us when we're at our worst. Yes. Or, and to me that also translates, the goal is to love myself the most when yeah. I'm in the most pain, when I'm going through the hardest thing that I've ever experienced in my life, my whole job is to figure out how to love myself more. Yeah. More each moment and love this version. That was the biggest game changer for me. And I know it's the reason why I have the life that I love right now. Yeah. It's because I decided to finally just go like, shit, I don't need somebody else to choose me right now. Yes. I need me to choose me right now. I need me to believe in me right now. I need me to trust me right now. I need me to give me hugs and pats on the back and words of affirmation and encouragement. I need me, I need me to step up bigger than she's ever stepped up to hold her and go like, you're going to make it. Yes. 
And you've when already I, made it. Yeah, I feel I felt like that was cracking the code, though. You know, yeah. when I find like, oh, it's me. And we hear people say that all the time, right? We do. We hear people say like, oh, just lose yourself, love yourself. It's like a very airy type of a thing, I feel like. But it's like, for me, it's like very like fierce and aggressive, like time to step up and freaking choose you, choose you, fight for you, be there for you, love you so hard, you know? Yeah, 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 brilliant. Yeah, I loved that. I love that it's like, wow, new perspective. Same yeah. way of thinking of it. All right. So I love this one because I feel like we've both been through this in different ways. By the way, okay. we've been through different kinds of heartache and heartbreak through romantic yeah. stuff and friendships and family and all that kind of stuff. So whatever you got, drop it in or let us know. But the second question is, is it possible to stay friends with your ex or should I cut him off or her off and give myself a fresh start altogether? You go first. Okay. Well, with friends, it's always challenging, I think. Um, you know, like, what does this friend mean to you? And it takes a level of communication. In the past, I've definitely been somebody who is like, we're at an impasse the end bye mm. I would say some friendships are more about your perspective versus their perspective and really being able to communicate that in a loving way of how you're actually feeling because there's a part of you that's not being seen in that situation there's also a part of them that's not being seen however to get to that level of communication with this person I think you have to take a step back and be like is this a relationship worth fostering mm -hmm. or is it dead weight that's like bringing me down and I'm in it for reasons that no longer serve me. Right. You know, a lot of people say like, a lot of people say, try to stay friends with people they've outgrown because they've known them for a length of time. You have to ask yourself, is that really a reason to stay with somebody for that long? Well, and what about for you specific to an ex? romantic ex what about what are your feelings around that like should I stay with them or just like give myself a fresh start a romantic ex um I've had both I feel like I've had both sides of the scale um I do think that a break is necessary with the intention to stay friends I feel like I've cultivated a relationship with this person I'm somebody who likes to date long-term, so I'll do relationships for, like, years at a time. And I invest a lot of, a lot of myself in a person. Right. And in relationships previously, I've been in situations where I've lost myself in a person as well. Mm -hmm. So I also want to take a step back and ask myself, like, number one, who am I? Um, how have I grown? And once I feel like I know myself, I can go back and make amends or talk to this person from a more deep and like loving place, right? Um, I've also had places where I've like been friends with an ex and I always think it's going to lead to something bigger. And I give myself this false expectation and this false hope like, okay, this time it's going to be different. This time we're going to be different and those are some, those are some of my those are some of my harder my harder lessons with friendships with an ex it's like were we ever really friends and then i have to check myself on that right. um but have i made it happen before yes were we best friends no but are we on good terms of course you know like if i see them it's not like 
we hate each other, but, and we'll talk to each other and things like that. Um, but it's about your peace, right? It's about your forgiveness as well, because even though you've ended, right, there's still an energetic tie to this other person, unless you decide to cut that energetic tie. And a lot of that comes from a, a factor of forgiveness, a factor of I wasn't seen, a factor of acceptance that that's okay, and a factor of like, I want to give that to myself as well. It has to, if you want to make amends, it has to come from an empowering place where yeah. this energetic tie is not there any longer. That it's coming from a place for you, for love from yourself first, love from yourself that then you're able to do this and forgive and give yourself the love that you actually wanted in order to transcend that relationship into friendship. Would I do it? A hundred percent. Yeah. I love, I love like allowing your most empowered and authentic self to decide that and taking a beat to create some space from the version of you that was with your partner to the version of you that's without your partner. And then yeah. from that space, being able to decide if that exchange and relationship continues forward or doesn't, right? Yeah. Because I think we sometimes when we're feeling that heartbreak, and all we want is love and connection. And we've gotten it from this one resource for so long with so much ease and so much flow that as much as we try to tell ourselves cognitively, like, hey, it's fine. We can do it. We're still operating from that space of, and I'll use the words significant other. I think the word significant other for me has taken on this like new meaning and that significance is one of our core values. It's one of our core needs, not values. It's one of our core needs. Like we need love. We need safety. We need um, uh, all these different core needs we need absolutely to like thrive and come alive. And significance is one. And so I think sometimes when we're in relationship, our significance becomes determined by being in that relationship. And I truly believe that's why we're called significant others is because it provides us with significance. And then when we're left without a significant other, then we're, we're there with ourselves. And we have to learn how to make sure that we are now finding our significance from our own stuff. And then what's the intention behind holding on to this relationship and getting yeah. really, really honest about the intentions? Because I tried to do the friend thing with my ex. I'll just use one of my exes as an example, because I also have tried multiple times with other exes. Yeah. And it, yeah. it never really went very well because I didn't have the capacity. I didn't have the capacity to, to not love them the way that I did romantically. I thought that right. I thought that I could, and I just realized that I couldn't. It's just, that's not me. When you're like, when we're in it, we're in it. And when we're not like, I don't know how to be not. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's probably, it, it's probably a wound that I need to work on and heal through, but it's not something that I've ever been able to navigate well or continue on. So when I realized that about myself, after I went on months, like several months of continued yeah. relationship with my ex-husband, every time I left, I asked myself, how do you feel now? And it was like, it felt good in, in the moment. And then I just felt devastated. No, remind that we weren't going to be together the way that we used to be. Yes, yeah, it was just crushing. It was like I would take like 10, 10 steps forward and I would be doing good. And then the one time we get together a month, it'd be like <gasps> back to four months ago, Heidi. Yeah. And it was yeah. just finally had to own it that this relationship, as much as this person, I still love them, always will could be good friends. I couldn't do it without having that type of reaction or feeling. So I love your suggestion of just like, give yourself some time to figure out what the most empowered, authentic version of you is. First. Yes. Yes. And also I interrupt you. 
only because I feel that you should explain um, the core need of significance because it's, it is an important one, obviously. It's a core need. I don't believe a lot of people know what that means or is. Yeah. And yeah, and I think you should yeah. take a sec and explain well, that. I'll explain what it means for me, and then you can add on to anything okay, that let's do it. It, it means for you. Um, I feel like significance is the feeling of being a value, the feeling of having contributed to something or someone. It's all about significance. It's all about really that self-validation of contribution and meaning. Like you mean something. Significance is like, I mean something to something or someone. And so we can, for me, it's like we can seek that out through ourselves or we can also, we can also seek significance. I think a lot of people do it with their partners or their kids or their jobs, but those are all things that are outside of ourselves, outside of our control. And so when we can actually lean in and go like, how can I make, allow myself to feel significant in living my purpose and being and having meaning and creating that for myself? That's really what I feel like the significant, significant, significant core need is. What's it for you? Yes. I'm going to take it really like 5D and woo-woo. Okay. But we were all like born unique for a reason on this planet and this is why to me significance is like one of like they're all important but our core need of significance is like why am I here and like born here and what am I doing that's of importance and when we don't feel like we know what that is in this world that we've been born into we try to use other people and other things to get that feeling made right mm -hmm. and so we outsource that on like being a mother for example like yes it's an extremely important job and one of the reasons you're here and yes it is your significance here but what are you doing for yourself, for your own uniqueness, your own quirkiness, all the characteristics that you were born here to give and nurture and grow? And when those things are like dormant and they're not seen, we look everywhere else for it, mm -hmm. you know? But we're all here. We're all different. We're all unique. We're all here for a reason. And... It's about exploring the self and seeing, um, seeing like what feels good and how that's actually important to us. You know what I mean? Normally we do like all these things and we're like, will it be important to them? Will it be important to them though? And it's like, it's not about them. It's like, is it freaking important to you? Because that is where we can really start narrowing things down and start growing that passion. Because if people feel your passion, your fire grow, I guarantee it'll grow all around you, right? Because that's like a seed of who you are. It's part of your DNA. It's why you were here. It's why you're like God's gift, the planet. That's why you hear all these like spiritual teachers always talking about like, you're so unique. There's only like one in a billion chances that you can be born on earth. And all of that's true, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're just trying to do things for other people, you're losing almost that special gene and that special quality that's like unraveled in your DNA, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's a core need because we want that. We need that. What's the reason we're here? you know, and it's all about the self. All of our core needs are about the self. It's never about other people. And it's about, do I feel important? A lot of times in partnerships and heartbreak, it's like, I was never seen. Right. You were never seen, but do you see yourself? Do you look at yourself? Do you say, hi, I'm important. I'm here for a reason. Mm -hmm. I love myself today and I'm going to do something that feels good for myself. 
yeah. right? And we get so wrapped up in everything else that we put ourselves on the back burner. You weren't here to put yourself on a back burner, right? You were here to make yourself feel important, good, needed by you, by you. That's it. Not by anybody else. Yeah, I realized... I realized, I mean, you realize so many things after you transition and learn lessons and all those things. If you're open, I realized after I got divorced that the biggest issue, one of the biggest issues that we had was that I actually didn't love who I was. Turns out, turns out there were a lot of things about myself that I hadn't yet accepted or loved or nurtured and so when you try to get your partner to meet those things for you it doesn't always work out so well in the long right. run and so I learned like wow those are the things I need to give myself so that the next person that I attract gets the version of me that loves me fully yeah yeah and it's like you can only other people can only give you as much as you give yourself. Other people can only give you the level of respect you give yourself, the level of love, the level of acceptance, the level of comfort, safety, all of the things. Other people yeah. can only meet you where you're at. So if you've only accepted yourself about 55%, someone's only going to be able to accept you about 55%. Because yeah. that's the energy that you're putting out there in exchange with everyone else that you come in contact with. So it's important to like get to that high percentage with yourself, all of it fully, completely, so that when you meet other people, other friends, other lovers, other things, that you can be like, wow, the reason why you feel so dang good when you fully accepted and loved yourself is because you're like, holy smokes. These people are giving me a hundred percent. It's because you're giving you a hundred percent. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I was in a position of like compromising so much that I was compromising myself in that situation too. And I'm like the type of person who's always like, it can work. It can work as long as we compromise. You know, I'm like there should always be compromise. And yes, like, while that's true, it's also not about losing yourself in that other person, which is like what happened yeah. or happens with me a lot of the time. So I always have to check myself and always have to put myself in that like, okay, did that piss you off? Like, you know, really like expressing my emotions more than being like, okay, this is all for the other person. Because when you do that, there's no room for you, right? So, mm -hmm. and then I feel like you're selling a version of yourself that's not true. And that's not fair, to either, not fair to anybody when you're trying to sell a version of you that's not actually who you are or not actually what you want. It's better to just say what it is, be what it is, lean into what it is, than to sell something that isn't true. Because eventually we know, like, everyone will see through that eventually. And that doesn't work out either. So just being honest about what it is for right now. Yeah, and I agree. And I feel like this is a full circle to the question of like, can you be friends with your ex? Mm -hmm. It's really like, are you meeting yourself first to be a friend? Are you a friend to yourself before you can be a friend to this person? Are you compromising yourself to be a friend with this person? Are you losing your importance and significance and giving it away to this person? Like this friendship is what's important to you. You know, like really see yourself first before... Yeah going into the friendship phase. Mm, that's so good. There are some more friendship questions. So I, and I feel right. like a person Let's to go. talk friendship with. Um, it says, can you help with friendship heartbreak? I had a friend group I was close with, but over the past few months, I'm no longer invited to things. When I see them post on social media, it hurts my heart. What should I do? That's happened to me for sure. <laughs> woo, woo, they're hitting a big one for me. This is like a big trigger wound for me. <laughs> yes, and first, like, I'm so sorry that that's happening. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, give yourself grace first, you know, that a lot of times when things like that happen, we like to question our value, you know, it comes, we come back to like, why am I worthy of this friendship? What did you know? I do? Yeah, what did I do wrong? Why am I the one left out? And what you're doing by asking yourself these questions is you're taking 100% of your value, right? Like a pie chart. And you're just like chipping away at it. Okay, I asked this first question. Now I'm at 98%. Mm. And your worthiness kind of starts going lower and lower. So first, I want to say to this person, this is nothing to do with your worth or your worthiness. Like you are worthy as you are. You are still a hundred percent. You are still loved, mm-hmm. right? These people don't define your value or your worth. And I'm not saying that it, that hurts any less, but I think it's, that's a very important place to start because it's like, once you're left out, you're like, fuck what did I do are they mad at me you know the anxiety starts like starts like raking up you know what I mean okay let's quick 20 second time out to talk about an amazing free resource for you or someone you know who's feeling sick and tired of crying on the bathroom floor drained from divorce I get it I stayed stuck in the struggle bus for far too long because I didn't know what to do next it's time to get up off that bathroom floor and hit the reboot button to start moving forward simply share or visit joyfullydivorce.com today to download the free what now workbook it's a blueprint that outlines the six simple steps to starting fresh i've taken the guesswork out of what's next because we all deserve to design the life we truly desire now let's get back to the show and add to that you also also you still belong because i think there's a difference that people need to realize between fitting in and belonging right i heard this to me a long time ago and it was like mind blowing that longing is another core need the need to longing is being your full authentic self and and being accepted but fits in is giving up who you are adjusting who you are to try to to try to make space in a space that doesn't maybe appreciate all that you are. And so what we're really trying to do in some of these friendship circles and even beyond that is we're trying to fit in when we really, we just need to bring who we are. And if we belong, we belong, you know, like really a sense of belonging within yourself, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? Of course, of course. And, you know, let yourself feel the pain and be sad. And this one question, I don't know where I got it from. I think it was a download that really like helps me in these like very painful times and situations, especially is like, what do you wish would happen, you know, Mm -hmm. with these friends? Like, do you really want to be these friends or do you wish that they were better friends to you? Yeah. Like, what do you, what is it that you really wanted in this relationship what do you wish for in a friendship because when you start writing that down when you start thinking about that that's when you manifest the friends that you're actually supposed to be friends with right maybe maybe it's just that you've really outgrown these friends and it comes back to what Heidi is saying it's like were you dimming yourself down to fit in with this group of friends just because they've been your group of friends forever is it time for you to up level your the people you're around so you can up level. And it right? may be that like you said, it may be that you actually, without realizing it, have a, evolved a bit more and you desire a different energy to be surrounded with. And now that you've shifted that into something that feels better for you, that no longer does. And that is actually what's repelling the the version of you that you love being is actually what's repelling the others because it's not aligned anymore. And that can be a hard truth to swallow. I've really, I used to believe the lies that we were talking about earlier of just like, I guess I'm not good enough. 
I, maybe they think I'm like cocky or something. I don't, I didn't even know what it was. I was just making up yeah. all these to try to make it make sense. But what finally made more sense is what you're talking about where I was like, oh, I, the other question I think is like, ask yourself, do I like myself? Do I like being with me? Would I want to yeah. be? Am I having the conversations and putting the time and energy and doing the things and saying the things and showing up the way that I would want to be around? And if the, and it's, and it's not hard, like, is this easy for me to just be me? Do I like being with me? And if that's a heck yes, then it is that up leveling. It's that upgrade. It's that like, wow, this is another thing that helped me in friendship loss was, wow, I'm actually creating space for something else to be found, to be welcomed in, to be attracted in to this version of me that I love being around. Yeah. That's actually yeah. when I met you. That's when our yes. friends started. Yeah. When I yeah. started to realize that those friendship losses weren't actually the friendships that fit me anymore. It's okay to outgrow relationships of any kind and it doesn't mean it makes it any easier but when we can have that perspective of wow I like what I'm at right now and if you don't like what you're looking at right now then that's a place to uncover and discover of like what kind of friend do I want do I want to be to uh, myself what do I wish what but do I wish the game changer what do I wish because when you start writing it down too, you start writing about all of the pain also. And so you're giving the pain a voice and maybe your method isn't writing. It's not for everybody. Maybe it's through song. Maybe it's through poetry. Maybe it's through speaking videos, you know, about your experience, but asking yourself that question is just, is how you manifest the new friends that you actually deserve to be around. Mm -hmm. And it's also standing in your worth, right? Like uh, you're telling yourself, like I deserve better. And that's huge, right? Because you're giving yourself the empowerment. You're not looking outside to find the empowerment. You're telling yourself like, I freaking have 100% of my value still. I'm still worthy and I'm still enough. And I deserve better. I deserve to be treated better. I deserve not to be left out any longer. Yeah. You know, like really get angry about it too. give your rage a space to come out. Right. Yeah. Like so many of us like push down our anger and push down our anger. And we're like, what? I never get angry. Like I'm not the angry friend. Yeah, you yeah. Fucking are. Yeah, you fucking are the angry friend. Let me tell you. <laughs> that was a big one for me because I didn't feel like <laughs> person. Right. Like the fact that we even label people as angry people is just like so bizarre to me now. But then it was like, yeah. well, you're either a happy person or you're, a, you're an angry person. That's just yeah. kind of personality. That's bullshit, right? We're all, all yeah. the things. It's healthy for us to express all the layers of ourselves. That's yeah. what makes us human. That's what connects us. But I remember feeling that exact thing that you're talking about after divorce. And it's something that I talk to my clients about, right? Where it's like, especially women who have humans, I work with women. So humans who have maybe gone through a cheating experience where they've been cheated on, but they don't want, they hate the feeling of starting life again or starting life alone or rebooting and those kinds of things. Like it's, it's easier to just stay with the other or stay friends or do all the things. Right. And I remember, remember myself finally one day after one of those hikes that we were talking about earlier of like, do you stay with your ex or not as a friend coming from that hike and just being like, you know, I'm pissed about this. I'm really mad that he can go on the hike and go on and be with his buddies the next day and do all the things. Now, I don't even know if that was true, right? Those are the stories I told myself, but as far as I could tell, he was good to go. He could hang out with me every day and just be friends and never be involved romantically again. Right. But I couldn't. And so I finally got angry about it. And then I learned some anger practices that were so healthy and so healing. And it actually set so much of that heaviness down. It like took a load off. I needed yeah. to be about it. And I remember asking a client of mine a couple weeks ago, just saying to her, 
when are you going to be mad about this? You're allowed to be mad about this. Because it was like a lot of loops around excuses and trying to like make that person appear better than they were. <clears throat> Even though so many times we had talked about what wasn't working and how they lied and all these things. It was like, but she was never angry about it. She didn't want herself to be angry. She thought being angry was a, just another form of weakness. Yeah. Right? And it's not. It's just an emotion that has to be moved through if we're going to heal that heartbreak. It's one of yeah. the stages of grieving that we have to allow ourselves. Yes. Through, right? Yes, of course. Yes, yes. And so create that sacred space for yourself to release your rage and you're allowed. This is true for a friendship right? like yeah you're allowed you have permission <laughs> but this is true with the person asking about the friendship too right like you can be hurt and you can be mad that they stopped including you on the text messages or stopped inviting you out to the wednesday night dinners or whatever your thing was right i'm just using examples that i've had in the past right yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, of course and and you can be mad and you can be sad and you can be hurt and you can feel all the things. And then once yeah. you've through a lot of your grief, you can begin to create space by saying like, what do I wish in friendship? What do I wish what in relationship? Yes. Or even have a conversation with them. Like there's no point in speaking your <laughs> pain or anger necessarily to them, but coming from a neutral space of love and empowerment for yourself, you know, from... Yeah. my perspective like this is how I really felt but we can't get to that neutral zone until we've dealt with our very human emotions of yeah. anger and pain and sadness and grief and all of that stuff yeah how beautiful would those conversations be in friendship especially if we could just say like hey I noticed I'm not getting invited anymore and um I'm okay. I'm okay with that. If you are, if you are, I'm okay with that. Just really curious around what happened in your eyes. Like what happened? Cause maybe there's something you didn't see or you didn't know. And maybe yeah. it's that you're not the version of a friend that they need anymore. Cause yeah. I, a group of friends, or friendships, I won't get too specific, because I'm so grateful. I'll first say I'm so grateful for all the relationships I've had in my life. All, yeah. every single one of them, every single one of them I've grown from, I've been nurtured, I've been loved, I've been shat on, like all the things, right? I've been all the things. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's made me who I am today. All right, well, let's move on to the next one. Oh my gosh, the time goes by so fast. And if you guys have questions, drop them in the comments now, because there's only eight minutes left. This one says, Okay, this is another friendship one. So I'm going to go past friendship. Ooh, this is a fun one. Okay. I think this is a fun one for you to answer because you'll have a different take on it, I think. How long should okay. I wait to start dating again? How long should I wait to stop dating again? That's to the start, question. Start dating again. Yeah. Start dating again. They've gone through it and like they're like, well, how long am I supposed to wait before I start dating again? I <laughs> would wait until I'm in a position where I feel like I don't need to date because when you're in that position, anybody you're adding in your life is an add value to your life and you don't necessarily need them, right? Because you're already making yourself happy right? Yeah. Um, and therefore, the person that comes is just like attracted to you. So it's like, you want to be in a place where you want to add value to your life, not in a place where you're like, well, I need desperate. This. Desperate energy is not it. And yes. watch out for it because that need for love and belonging and connection is our top, top core need it is huge it is huge and so it tries to sneak sneakily fake us out and go like you need someone else 
in order to make you feel whole. If you feel like that, that's a good indication. Give yourself a little more time. Right? Yeah. 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 One who went on Tinder two months after she got divorced. Like the second I decided to cut my ex off, like we talked about earlier, because I couldn't handle it. Like I just couldn't be friends. I was like, okay, he's not there. Now I'll go on Tinder and I'll fill it all up. Right? I did Definitely. that. I did Definitely. that. That's why I say that I found my now partner who is just amazing, amazing, you know, like soulmate status, yeah. you want to call it that. And I believe in like, yeah. like lots and lots of soulmates, but well, that's a whole other topic for another day. But that's because I met him at a time where I didn't need him at all yeah. and it yeah. was this energy of like i don't need a partner i'm amazing but it wasn't that it was just like wow there is so much love within myself that i've got this like if you mm -hmm. want to come along for the ride you're icing on the cake that's awesome you're a cool person you're fun to be around you elevate my energy even beyond a hundred percent that's cool yeah come along why not but it wasn't definitely desperate. It wasn't needy. It wasn't filling a void or distracting the pain. That's yes, exactly. Don't go into dating to fill a void or numb your pain. It mm -hmm. doesn't work. And I really truly believe that the people on the other end, they deserve the version of you that loves you the most. Yeah. And I feel like this question is really funny too, because I feel like I can just hear somebody being like, but I'm bored. Like, I want pleasure and, you know, like all these other things, like there's always an excuse at the end, you know what I mean? And I mean, pleasure just comes in so many forms and there's so many ways for you to attain it. And when we talk about a joyous life, that is when you are like turned on by life. You know, like everything about life turns you on. Yeah. And there's no need for a partner for that. So I just want to say that it's not about like being bored and trying to just, well, then do something fun. And then you're like, but I used to have sex for fun. This is just an example. Mm -hmm. But life is a big orgasm. So <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe you're not having sex in the way you need to be having sex in your everyday life. So it's like about asking yourself, how can I be more turned on by life? How can I be more excited by life? Because when you're in these types of energies, it's easier to attract the people who are also in these types of energies with you. Right. Right. We don't, we also don't want to be in a position where we're attracting lower vibrating people into our lives. We want somebody who's with us and equal, you know? And so I would say like, make sure your emotional charge towards dating is neutral. Like you're in a very neutral position. You're in a very loving place with yourself where you really enjoy your life. You're going on those hikes by yourself. You're traveling, solo traveling, if that's what you like to do. You're, you know what I mean? Like you're in this place of like your own empowerment cycle. So that way you're not depending on somebody else to give you that love, that empowerment, that significance, all of our core needs. In fact, with, with another person, you're giving all of those things to yourself. So that way you can attract somebody who's also there. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and as you start getting turned on by life and excited by life, your energy just grows. So more people are going to want to be in it anyways. Like you won't even need a freaking app. You know what I mean? You'll just oh, be yeah. where you are and you'll love it and you'll be able to teach your partner that. Your partner will be able to teach you things and it's it'll be a more loving, more cultivated, peaceful relationship, which is what we all really want. Yeah. I will add to that too, that I know there's going to be some skeptics and that's okay. Like I said earlier, take what fits you in and leave what doesn't in every conversation that we have. That's with anyone you watch on social media or anywhere else in life take what serves yeah. you follow always follow your own intuition so if your intuition is gung-ho hell yes fire burning in the belly ready to rock and roll back in the dating world and you know that that's a heck yes for you 
we also have to train ourselves to know our intuition very well. There's, there's tools and practices to do this. But if that's the heck yes that you know is ringing and dinging, go for it. Yeah. Trust yourself and surrender to the outcome that yeah. this may not be the next long-term person for you, but, it's, but you're out there. And it goes back to intention. What's my intention behind doing this? Yeah, very true. Because there's tons of times we're in the dating world Maybe you'll find a match who has the same intentions as you. Do you want to go out and just have a booty call tonight? And that person's like, let's booty call it up. And you need that because yeah. <laughs> those types of things kind of remind me as, as similar to in the sense of, and I'll use it just in my own example, of like um, emotional eating, which was a huge thing for me, right? Emotional eating or over drinking or over whatever, over anything, right? Over yeah. anything. But emotional eating. There were times where I just knew that I was going to emotionally eat because I felt bad. But I just, it, I think it's that intention. My intention is to eat this whole pint of ice cream tonight and just cry about it. And then tomorrow I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna decide what my next best step is, but not today. And there were moments of that. And so of if course. you have a moment where you're just like, I wanna go out on a date tonight and just see if I still got it, whatever. Just be clear about your intentions with yourself and with other people that you're involving in that kind of energy. So that's what I'll say about that. <laughs> yes. But to answer this question, because it's about a length of time. Yes. I don't really think there's a time. So this comes like full circle to, I think, the first question Same. where your body just moves slower, you know, so you have to go with the pace of you. Your mind wants to be like, okay, in one month, I'm going to be ready. Or in like two years, I'm going to be ready. Or whatever the length of time you're giving yourself. But what happens when you put a length of time and an outcome of when you can do something is it adds pressure when you already feel pressured. Back yeah. to the, I think it was the overwhelm question. Yeah. And yeah. like, you, don't, you also don't want to be in that position. You know, you want to give yourself whatever time necessary it is. Because sometimes, you know, going on dating apps is, also like you want to put yourself out there too you know and it's it's good practice to put yourself out there there's nothing wrong with that but you want to know where you are you know and there, there's no there's honestly no length of time for that yeah i love that all right so i've got a few cl closing questions that okay, i am ready all my guests but they're really specific to each person. So okay. looking back at the most wounded or heartbroken version of you, Oops. what are a few things that you would tell that version of you? Or maybe that you would remind yourself of today when she tries to hijack your highest self. Wait, can you ask the first part of the question again? Yeah, looking back on the most wounded or heartbroken version of you, like what, yeah. what would you tell her? now what would I tell her now yeah from this version of you um your worth is not dependent on him mm -hmm. or her and or <laughs> yes well for me well it's for you yeah <laughs> um and that I deserve better I love that I deserve better yeah, so good. Before I ask you the last, last closing questions, but tell us where people can find you, follow you, if you have anything going on that you want to share with people on how they can get more of you in their life. Give us a little bit of that. Sure. So this account, Karish Redonde, I'm going to start activating it again um, very shortly. If not, I'm also like traveling around the world. So I have a travel page called Karish Travels, K-A-R-I-S-H Travels. And you can also find me on KarishMadonde.com. Yes, yes, yes. All right, you guys. So the last questions I'm going to ask you, Karishma, are what's one thing that you love most about yourself? Um, what's one thing I don't love about myself? Um, I love <laughs> everything. Um, what's one thing I love about myself? I guess my want to just 
continuously grow spiritually and mentally, physically as a person and always investing in that no matter what it is. And like I 100% of the time live in uncertainty. So I feel like I'm very proud of that about myself. Yeah, I'm proud of that for you too, (laughs) as your friend. (laughs) And then lastly, what does joy feel like in your body? Um, joy feels like in my body, it's like an indescribable feeling, I would say. It's like my whole abdomen just is like so full of love and excitement. It feels like excitement. I'm always filled with it when I'm in joy, for sure. Yes, I love it. I love it. I love you so much. Thank you so much for coming on here. And I love all of you who are watching are going to catch the replay. I appreciate you guys coming on. Keep dropping your questions in every single week or dropping in the comments live. We'll have another guest uh, co-host next week. So if you loved this, be sure to share this with someone else right now. Um, We'll have a replay up on Cup of Joy, the podcast next week. And last reminder is if you are a divorced woman looking for a space to grow and thrive with other women, I have a new experience called Joy Ride that people are going to be moving into over the next couple of months. It kicks off in August. So schedule a call with me. But thanks, Karishma, for jumping on. I love you. I miss you. I appreciate you so, so, so much. And of course. good luck on your next travels. Thank you. All right, you guys, go out into the world, shine your light bright, and love yourselves healthy. See you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own junk to joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcast. To learn more about Cup of Joy the Podcast and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon!